uh, one evening I had decided after work to go shopping and buy some books because I'm more into books than handbags. So I went to my favorite place where they sold books. <laughs> that was the plan. But at the last moment when I was in the metro, you know, the underground in Paris, I decided to go home instead. And this wasn't like me. I'm not the kind of person who changes plans. Uh, I'm a very, I used to be a very predictable person, very logical. If I decided, you know, there was no reason why I wouldn't go. Not impulsive at all. So when I got home, and I was still living at, parent, at my parents at the time, I wondered why this happened. I wondered why I, I didn't go to the bookshop because I really wanted to. And I felt suddenly exhausted. It's like my body said, no, you just go home now. We don't want to do this. Well, as I climbed out of the metro station, I saw ambulances, police cars, zooming down the, the avenue, which was probably a 15-minute walk from where I was supposed to go earlier. So I knew that the ambulances and everything were heading that way. And I found out a couple of hours later at the eight o'clock news, which was at the time the only news you get in the day, that there had been a massive bomb attempt. Hello again, friends and fellow truth seekers. Mike Nicholas here with another episode of the Soul Unleashed podcast, where my goal is to help you with questions you might have regarding the awakening of your soul, and particularly to help other left brain types, like I think I am to ask the right questions in our search for a deeper meaning to life. Ultimately, I want to help you unleash your soul from limiting beliefs and smothering paradigms. Today's podcast is with a wonderful lady named Ange de Lumiere. Ange lives in England, but as you'll hear when she talks here in a few minutes, she also spent time in France, and she was a lawyer in France. And she describes herself now as a spiritual lawyer, and most of what the teaching that she does now is related to helping people understand and more accurately apply their intuition to not only their daily lives, but improving their businesses. So please stand by, and I think you'll really enjoy this podcast. Anj has a number of stories that she'll share with us where she uses intuition abilities and how they helped her and how she can help other people. All right, Anj, welcome to the Soul Unleashed podcast. I've really been looking forward to having a talk with you ever since we spoke about uh, three or four weeks ago, and I'm glad you were able to join us. I just want to make sure that I pronounce your name correctly. Can you just say it? Yeah, Anj so was say it right? right. Yeah, it's perfect. Anj, okay. Wonderful. And what I'd love to start with, please, is let you kind of just tell our audience a little bit about yourself, and uh, we'll talk later about what you what you did. I think you described yourself as a, was a spiritual lawyer? Yes, I do. Okay, excellent. That is certainly fascinating. I look forward to explaining what that means. But please tell our um, audience just a little bit about yourself and your background. So I was a lawyer for 15 years, which is why I keep the title of lawyer. And after a okay. thriving and very exciting career, I branched out um, and decided to explore right brain modalities, let's put it this way. So I had always had a desire to be an artist. Um, so I started exhibiting as an artist. I did that for 10 years. I trained in clinical hypnotherapy to start with because I needed to find a new profession. 
Um, mostly because I was a French lawyer in the UK, uh, so not qualified to practice and didn't really want to go back to law school. So I turned in clinical hypnotherapy and then various other modalities that actually really helped me to understand how the mind works, but also how intuition works. And I like to say as a joke that I went on a PhD from the University of Life in intuition because I went to tons of psychics to observe them, to try and understand how they did what they did, how it worked the behind the scene. And um, I think I have a pretty good understanding now of how all these things work. But what I love to do above all is to teach people how to trust their own intuition and to understand it, especially if they're more like skeptic, uh, if they don't want to be psychic, they just want to add a tool to their belt um, and have this little bit of extra um, understanding uh, of how you can combine intuition with, with intelligence to have more fun, so would you describe yourself? A bit what they do, yeah. Would you describe yourself as a, well, now I guess more right brain, but with your lawyer background, are you saying that you initially were a left brain kind of person? I think I've always had both uh, quite strongly because actually when I was in school, my mm-hmm. forte was math and science. Uh, when I studied law, it still appealed very much to my left brain, but I always had a creative side. I always had an artistic side. In fact, most of the paintings you can see behind me are mine. Um, and and mm-hmm. But it was more about understanding how the two can work together rather than I choose to be left brain today or I choose to be right brain today. Uh, I think they work beautifully together. But most people don't know how to do that or, or think that you know you have to be one or the other. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, sure. When, when you say that you understand how it works, what, what, understand how what works? So how we can receive information that doesn't come from our logic or from fact, but that yet is still accurate. I define intuition as a form of intelligence that does not require thinking. Okay. And just one other quick question about what you just said. How did you make the leap from being a lawyer and a painter to hypnotherapy? What caused that? Um, I always had a very keen interest in um, life between life, past lives, all that sort of thing. When I was back in France, still as a lawyer, I read a lot of books about reincarnation, also near-death experience. I'd always been that fascination about death and my mum would tell you it's because I'm a Scorpio. I don't really believe in astrology myself, Um, (laughs) (laughs) but I was, I was never shy of asking the questions about death that nobody wanted to answer. So I was seeking for answers. And I guess when I had to find uh, a new occupation, first I trained actually in listening skills. I wanted to be a therapist, but then I thought uh, I realized it would take me at least three years, if not more, and I was a bit in a rush to, you know, get get into a, a new um, a new profession. So, hypnotherapy. Um, I found one of the best schools in the southwest of England that trained you in a year, and and it combined um, an old uh, an old interest with with um, uh, with a new a new direction. And 
what I really loved about clinical hypnotherapy is to learn how the mind works. And I've always been fascinated by the mind as well. So that was very, very good for me. One of the side effects, really funny side effects, is that I actually, um, it lifted a writer's block for me, a 10-year writer's block, almost instantly by training in that modality. And Mm. that was fascinating as well. Do you have books that you've written? Yeah, I've written four or five, yes. Uh, the first oh, wow. one I wrote okay. in French when I was back in France, never been published, but it led to me having a burnout because in the process of trying to get it published, I burnt myself out and got very, very discouraged. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the state I was in. I was like, no, I'm never writing again. I'm not interested. This is not my thing. It had never been my thing anyway. It was suggested. Um, I went to see a graphologist. I don't know if you know what they do back in France. No. Um, So they study your handwriting and tell you things about it. And I went to see her because someone had recommended her to me. And in the study of, uh, of the graphology and a bit of numerology, she ended up telling me that I would write three books. And I don't know where she got that from. I suppose that planted a seed. And then a few years later, Mm -hmm. um, I went through an experience that was quite uh, grueling in the sense that uh, a very close person to me um, suffered from a drug addiction and she was regularly on the phone to me for me to support her. And I guess this story was too big to keep inside of me. So I wrote about it in a fiction mode so that I wouldn't reveal anyone's name. And that's how my first uh, mm-hmm. my first novel was was born. I, I know that you have a number of stories that you w- would love to share, and I would love to hear them, particularly how they relate to intuition. Because I'm hope if I were listening to this, I would I would want to know how this can help me, you know, as a, as a person who believes in these kind of things. So, can you share some of those stories? Yeah, so actually, I'm in the process of writing a memoir where I retrace how I went from being a lawyer to being a tarot reader, because I think it's quite a journey. But if I go back, if I had to pin it down to a specific time, um, what happened is when I was still a student, I did an internship in in a legal department in the company back in Paris. And uh, one evening I had decided after work to go shopping and buy some books because I'm more into books than handbags. So I went to my favorite place where they sold books. <laughs> that was the plan. But at the last moment when I was in the metro, you know, the underground in Paris, I decided to go home instead. And this wasn't like me. I'm not the kind of person who changes plans. Uh, I'm a very, I used to be a very predictable person, very logical. If I decided, you know, there was no reason why I wouldn't go, um, not impulsive at all. So when I got home and I'm still living at parent at my parents at the time, I wondered why this happened. I wondered why I, I didn't go to the bookshop because I really wanted to. And I felt suddenly exhausted. It's like my body said, no, you just go home now. We don't want to do this. Well, As I climbed out of the metro station, I saw ambulances, police cars zooming down the the avenue, which was um, probably a 15-minute walk from where I was supposed to go earlier. So I knew that the ambulances and everything were heading that way. 
And I found out a couple of hours later at the eight o'clock news, which was at the time the only news you get in the day, that there had been a massive bomb attempt, uh, which is actually still described on Wikipedia um, uh, as an event that that was quite um, instrumental and, and very sad, obviously. Uh, that killed seven people and injured 55. And the bomb was literally placed in a bin that was in front of the shop at the time I was going to walk through if I had come out of that tra uh, train station at the time I had planned. So I didn't understand it was my intuition back then because I didn't understand the intuition speaks through the body. And I didn't understand my intuition could make me tired. And that would be enough to save me from something that, you know, could be fatal to me. Um, It's probably only 15, if not 20 years later, that I realized, no, this is intuition. I can recognize that um, because I've studied it in such depth. So can you, so, I, I know you have another story, but can, can you just talk about that a little bit about intuition and how people can recognize it or how they would yeah. know okay. that they're being guided by it? So you don't necessarily know that you're guided and it doesn't matter if you are because your intuition is here to keep you safe initially. So there's several levels of intuition, right? But the, the most basic level of intuition is your gut intuition and it's here to keep you safe. And I've actually heard quite a few um, accounts from military people, uh, policemen who have this hunch and they just act on it right away and and they avoid danger or or something positive can happen as well. It's not necessarily always avoiding the negative. Um, mm -hmm. I think there's studies that have been made about this particular type of intelligence that you have, we have in the gut, but people don't necessarily call it intuition. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what you call it. My definition is it's intelligence that doesn't require thinking. So it fits the bill in a way. Uh, you don't know why you're doing something, okay. but then you're happy that you listen to it because some positive outcome um, comes from it. How to recognize it? So everybody's intuition works differently. And there's many different ways your intuition can speak to you. But mostly it's not going to be in your mind. It's going to be in your body. So you will have a feeling. Some people have tingles. Some people even feel pressure. Some people feel... Um, sometimes butterflies. So it's kind of sometimes a little bit difficult to distinguish from fear um, because if you have something that you're feeling that makes you feel fearful, but it's to protect you, then the fear can kick in on the back of it and kind of almost obliterate it, if that makes sense. But initially, when you have the feeling, it, you feel very calm. That's how you make the difference between fear and intuition. Is it possible to get better at it, like to improve Absolutely. that sense? yes. Oh, um, I, I teach intuition to my clients all the time. I used to teach a five-day challenge, how to trust your intuition. Um, it's more a question of remembering it and re than really learning it. And it's more a question of confidence in it rather than um, how good it is. Because I think all our everybody's intuition is really good. But because we've ignored it for so long, because nobody's told us how to trust it, it's almost like it's a limb that we've never used and that's that's not you know not been active so we need to train it a little bit and strengthen it and 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 really use it the more you use your intuition the stronger it will get for sure a bit like a muscle okay so it's not a matter of making the feeling stronger it's more a matter of recognizing the feeling 
Yes. Appreciating yes. the feeling? Okay. So very often, um, unless you're psychic, in which case it's different, but I don't want to talk about psychic skills because I feel that this will alienate a lot of people who don't feel that they want to be or interested in psychic gifts. I'm not particularly interested myself. I used to be, but I'm not because I want more mm -hmm. as left brainers or more mainstream people to benefit from understanding their own intuition so that everybody's in the game, if that makes sense. Because I feel that in a society sure. where everybody can tune into their intuition would be a better world for everyone. So the very first step to um, get more confidence in your intuition is to try to remember stories around it. And the thing is, the way our brain works, because we don't have a particular framework for our intuition, uh, you know, the, the I think it's the hippocampus uh, that organizes all the memories in our brain. Because it doesn't have a frame of reference for intuition, it'll probably put it at the bottom of the pile of things that you need to remember. It kind of chucks it at the non-important level. And there could be lots of stories, but you want, you want to forget them as well because you've heard in school how people have told you weird or told someone else weird if they had a feeling and then it happened. And I think all kids experience that and they don't want to be different from their peers. And because most people will be ridiculed for that, you don't want to hear about it. So it, it becomes a danger for your brain. And, and so your brain doesn't want to remember, doesn't want to knowledge. Or if it happens, like it did for me with the bomb attempt, I wanted to forget about it right away. It took me actually years to pull back that memory um, because I didn't want to think about it. It made me uncomfortable as well. And tying back into the, the whole clinical hypnotherapy thing, I remember vividly uh, when I saw the news on the TV asking myself, why did I not die? And why did other people go there and die? And it's raised some real existential mm -hmm. questions for me that I had no answer to. Um, so it was very uncomfortable and very disturbing. So I didn't want to remember that. And every single story that I, I talk about in my memoir is in the same vein. I had one and I had another and I had another and I kept ignoring them or wanting to push them away or you know saying to myself that this is this is not real i don't want to think about it but at one point i had no choice than to face it because it caught up with me and it was in my face and and um i suppose maybe i had had enough of a string of events that i finally decided look i need to look into this this is interesting there are some benefits to it now i want to understand what what this is all about can you share another story? So the second story that I share in my book, and I'm going to keep a bit to the um, the timeline. I was a law student, um, so I was doing a gap here in the UK. So right after the incident that I told you about, or only a year later, something like that. Mm -hmm. And I was on campus, never been, lived on campus before, uh, because in Paris there's not there's only a campus for international students. And I, so I made friends from all over the world and this girl from America, um, we clicked at a special dinner for international students and she confided in me that her brother was in a coma and she was very stressed about it. And she asked me if I would be kind enough to go to the payphone with her to inquire about her brother's health. She had nearly cancelled her year abroad because of that. And she was very keen to get news from him every day, but she felt she needed the moral support. And I said, of course, I'll come with you. So I went with her. She had her call. Her brother was still in a coma, no progression, but no worsening. And then 
we went for a drink at the bar, then went to bed, and I didn't think more of it at all, except that night I had a dream where her brother told me that he was going to snap out of it and please tell her sister he was going to be fine. So I was I woke up with that dream thinking, this is just a dream. What do I do with it? Do I share it? If I share it, I'll give her false hope. Um, a whole ethical debate happened in my mind. And we, we study ethics in law as well, which is quite interesting. And that, that was something that I was very interested in. And at the end of the day, I took a leap of faith and I decided, look, I'm going to tell her it's only a dream. Um, I don't think it can hurt. And let's see how it goes. So it took me... A, a big amount of courage to share that dream because um, again, the, you know, the fear of ridicule or, or the fear of giving false hope or all these things all packed into a big ball of yarn that felt very messy to me. Uh, but I did tell her mm -hmm. and she jumped up and down with excitement, thanking me, kissing me, telling everybody in the bar around us or in the breakfast that I was amazing. And I was like, Oh, please don't do this. <laughs> I don't want to hear this. This is awful. What if what if you, her brother dies tonight? You know, I was I was in that frame of mind of being yeah, really scared. Sure. Um, but that night when I went to the payphone with her, she had the news. Her brother had snapped out of it. He was okay. She showed me a picture of her brother, and I said, "Yes, that's him. He was in my dream." And then I so our our dreams try to the same as intuition. Well. Intuition can come in our dreams because this is the state where our mind, our critical mind, is um, almost to sleep. It's the same as when you're in trance. Yes. Uh, the rest of the time, your mind would kind of stop the thought. Um, so, yes, in that state, and I can't be fancy enough to tell you if it's the theta, I think it's the theta state of brain waves or whatever. We're more susceptible to receiving messages from our intuition, for sure. Uh, in that case, I call it intuition. You could call it telepathy. It doesn't really matter what label you put on it. The fact of the matter is I received this message. I received this dream that felt different. And I don't know if you, if you explore the quality of your dreams. Um, as a clinical hypnotherapist, that's also something we, we study, and it's quite interesting. Uh, but dreams can have different, um, I suppose, uh, different substance. You can feel when a dream is complete. A bit feels a bit crazy because it's all sorts of fires, uh, thoughts that fire out to release some of the tension of the day. This felt more like a real encounter. Of course, I couldn't say if it was, but um, I suppose because of what happened just after the dream, the, the day after, um, it felt like there was maybe some something, something to ponder on, right? And at the time, I still believed in coincidences. So you could say, oh, I can discard it as a coincidence. Maybe I, it was wishful thinking and it was luck. Boom, the two together, that doesn't make me intuitive or psychic. But it happened again and again and again in different ways. And so after a you while, you of, can't com completely ignore it. Do you think of yourself as a psychic now or... No. How, how would you relate the gifts of being a psychic to what you do, if at all? So one of the teachers I trained with, who calls herself a psychic, um, and I trained with her intensively for a whole year, told me I was a psychic. But I don't actually 
identify with it. Um, it's personal. Um, I would say for me, the distinction between intuition and psychic is psychics hear and see clearly um, in a way that they can't discount it. It's almost like uh, the difference between walking and uh, you know running a marathon or being part of an athletic team. I see psychics as the athletes of the intuition. So they do something that's very similar oh, to what we do, except they see images and they hear um, words or voices um, that are so clear that it's there's no po- there's no possibility for them to misinterpret what they what they see or hear. So that's the difference. Whereas how, with us how, intuitive, how, it's more ambiguous, it's more subtle, it's probably more difficult to understand because most of the time it's either a physical sensation or it's a knowing. We just know something. We don't know how we know it. We just know it. How is this related to the the, the reading of tarot cards? So I, I decided well, when I was doing all my studying of of tarot readers and psychics for my own curiosity. Um, so I went to see many of them, like probably a dozen or twenty that year, and they all said, "Tell me, told me the same oh. thing. You should be doing what I'm doing." And at first I just ignored it and I said, no, I'm not interested. <laughs> but at the end, you know, when people tell you that so often and in, in, in so many words, uh, you wonder whether you should explore it or not. And because I've always kept an open mind and I am very curious about things, I thought, well, I'm going to give this a try. So I did a two, um, a two day intensive weekend with a psychic medium who knew how to read the tarot. And she also told me I should be doing this professionally from just seeing me for two days. Um, so in the end, I gave in. But it was more of an experiment. I never really believed in what I was doing. I still don't. I still have completely ex- – I'm still very much a skeptic, even though people come back to me two years, three years later and tell me everything you said was right, uh, bloody, bloody, blah. But – I maybe that's the healthy skepticism. Do you know what I mean? But I am a bit of a scientist in that respect that I will try something again. And if it works, I'll try again. Do you know what I mean? So it's an experiment for me. I was never started. I didn't start convinced. And I'm still, I, I would say my mind is still a bit boggled by all of it, but it seems to work and it seems to be helpful. Okay. And for me, that's the, that's the criteria. If it's inspiring, if it's helpful, um, then I'm going to do it again. So would it be fair to say, and I'm just trying to summarize what I think I'm hearing from you, to say that your your current mission anyway is to help people appreciate intuition and use intuition versus psychic gifts. Yes. Because uh, m- many more of us are more likely to accept intuition uh, yes. and to accept that we have it. Okay. Yes. So how do you do that? So I share stories, um, and I have actually collected quite a lot of stories of intuition in business because I feel business owners and entrepreneurs are are more, they like to experiment. They have an open mind, but they're also very grounded, you know. Uh, They're not um, in la-la land at all. They just, you know, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And and Steve Jobs was like that, you know. He, He credits a lot of his success on his intuition. So... 
I feel that, um, so I, I, I interviewed about 20 different entrepreneurs about their stories of intuition. And these are mainstream entrepreneurs, you know, business coaches, um, business strategists, um, all sorts of things. And, and by listening to these stories, you, the more stories of intuition that people hear, the more they're likely to remember something that's happened to them. Now remember that memory thing that I told you about, about the hip, mm. um, hippocampus, that it organizes all the memory and it puts the intuition at the bottom because you don't want to hear about it. Well, once you start pulling mm-hmm. one up, they look, they go in clumps. They usually, your memories are clumped in similar events. So if you've managed to fish one out, then little by little, all the other experiences you might have had will start to surface and come back. And it's very important to capture these stories because they're the stories that are going to um, help you to have more confidence in this thing that you don't know how, you know, how, how it works really. Um, so this is the first step. It was the second step in my five day challenge, but it's the, I would say for someone listening in the first step for them to start to understand and trust their intuition is to really record, remember, write them down and try and see the patterns, you know, because some people, um, might, the, the things will come in a different way to them. And it can even come as signs that feel that they're outside of you the intuition because once you ask a question from your intuition um your intuition will use anything around you to give you the answer and i'll give you an example i remember one day asking my intuition to help me with something and literally i felt that my head was almost pulled to one side to look at something in front of me and there was a sign and there was the answer to my question so it's almost like your body can pull you in the right direction so you find the right book or it could take you to the right place where you'll hear a conversation or it will prompt you to, t- to switch the, the radio on and here you go, you hear a program and there there is your answer. Your intuition can work outside as well of your body, if that makes any sense. But by, by giving these mini impulses where you don't understand why you're doing it, I'll give you another example that really blew my mind. So I... Sadly, my dad died in 2014 and I went to my family to try and, and support them. And before I left, I felt compelled to pick up a set of DVD um, uh, DVDs that were French DVDs that I had, put them in my suitcase. No idea why I had to take them with me. Well, it turns out that when I was there, they became very handy because they were comedy uh, DVDs and they helped my family go through the hardest of the hours just before the funeral. So it was actually the perfect thing to watch, but I didn't know when I picked it up that it was for that purpose. I didn't understand Mm. why I was doing it. Does that make sense in a way? I love how you're, yes, 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 definitely. I I love how you're able to relate though, intuition to business and entrepreneurs. And because that's a very, seems like a very useful advantage to have. versus uh you know just studying as a psychic or intuition because you know you're interested in that spirituality part of it but if you'd like so i was trying to get um, i don't know if you've heard of gay hendrix he's a um um, an author of of best-selling books um on relationships with his wife but also he wrote a book called the big leap which is a classic in the entrepreneurial world. A lot of people love it because it's about mindset okay. and, and how you have your own upper limit and how to you know, go past your upper limit, etc. So I wanted to have him on my I show. I read it. 
Uh, yeah, Gay Hendricks. It's a, his books are wonderful. I wanted to have him on my show, and and you know, yeah. I'm a nobody <laughs> compared to Gay Hendricks, right? <laughs> <laughs> he talks to you know. He, I'm, I'm pretty right. sure he's been on Oprah as well, right? But so I I in April I remember sending him an email and asking if he would come. Nothing. No answer. So a normal person would just give up, right? And I did. And then in September, the same year, <laughs> I had this urge to write him an email. This one, it was an urge this time. It wasn't, I, I'm going to write an email. It was like, now's the time. You write this email. I wrote it in literally five minutes, hardly reread it, just to, for the, and I had an immediate yes. So it shows that in one instance, I was doing it from my logical brain at a time that I thought was right. The second time I did it completely by impulse um, without overthinking it. And I had an amazing result and he ended up being on my show and it was an amazing interview. So this goes to show how you can supercharge whatever you do, whether it's your business, whether it's a relationship, whether it's your health, anything. Intuition, you know, can help in any area of life. If only you keep an open do you mind. Have to, do you have to set an intent? Like you had an intent that, for, for yeah, Gay Hendricks to be on your show. Yeah, that helps. Because then okay. once you set up and you're clear on your intent, your intuition will find a way to help you get there. Interesting. In that ways that you like, might um, not anticipate. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It sounds a lot like uh, one of my favorite authors is Napoleon Hill. Uh, Thinking we're rich and a bunch of other things that he's written. And are you familiar with Napoleon Hill? I am. I have one of his books. I've never managed to read it. Not yet. Maybe okay. I will sometime. But yeah, <laughs> well, it was a long time ago. He he wrote it back in the 30s and 40s. So yes. But it's it's amazing how people said the same thing back then that I hear the the same thing today. So. Interesting. Well, Anj, how do people find you uh, to to learn from you and take advantage of what you do? So the best places to find me is LinkedIn and uh, Facebook. Um, and so, by should I spell my name, or it's going to be in the show notes, so I don't have to 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 tell people. I'll put it in the show notes, um, but for people that are just listening to it and, uh, and don't have access to the show notes, if you could spell it, please, that'd be yes, great. Yes, of course. So Ange is A N G E. Then there's a D-E in the middle, and then Lumiere is L-U-M-I-E-R-E. And um, I have a community and a page uh, on Facebook called True Spirituality with Ange um, because I'm bringing now as well what I call true spirituality. That means spirituality without the dogma, without uh, having to meditate, because I know, and, and funny enough, it's Gay Hendricks that actually really um, – inspired me because he wrote a book called the corporate mystics and in his book at the start he claims that he feels there are more mystics in boardrooms than there are in cathedrals and because he met so many of them in the work that he does and it's really fired up for me this passion about bringing both intuition and spirituality in mainstream corporate, uh, but also people who are not necessarily interested, including atheists. And recently that was a very interesting discovery for myself because I feel that the spiritual circles and religious circles almost have like a little clan of their own where most people feel 
are excluded, for example, if they're too loud or if they don't want to meditate or if they don't want to buy into a specific set of beliefs, religious or spiritual beliefs. And I feel for me, being spiritual is being about being heart-centered and it's about wanting to leave the planet a better place than you found it. And I feel that a lot of people who don't consider themselves spiritual actually fit that definition and I want them to be included in the discussion, basically, if that makes sense. It definitely does. And and if people search for Ange de Lumiere on either Facebook or you say Instagram? All? Oh, uh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn. No, LinkedIn? I'm not active on, on, okay. on Instagram. I don't have the time okay. to be on all the platforms, so I had to choose two. Yeah. Okay. So Facebook or Instagram, Ange de Lumiere. Okay. Yes. All right. Any any last minute thoughts before we close? Um, so, yes, there's one thing I haven't said, which I uh, for your left-brainers is going to be really important. You don't have to choose between intuition <laughs> and intelligence. They combine together. And what happens is intuition is almost like a coating on your intelligence. It's like an, an extra layer. And the more you have knowledge, the more you're intelligent, the more your intuition is going to expand and have, it's like a platform for your intuition. And so there's not a choice that needs to be made between one one and the other. It's just a question of inviting the intuition in and see how it plays with your, with, with your mind and your thoughts and, and everything that, you know, your knowledge. Uh, And it's called intuitive intelligence. It's considered the highest form of intelligence. And, you know, people like Einstein have talked about it and, and people who, who knew, about that that aspect of curiosity and open mind, really. Intuitive intelligence. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I think you're in the right platform being on LinkedIn because that's yeah. the kind of people that are that are there, I think. Wonderful. Anj, thank you so much. I really enjoyed this. I learned a lot actually, so I'm gonna go back oh. to the read more and find other books by Gay Hendricks. I appreciate that. And for our listeners, everything that Anish mentioned will be in the show notes for both the video and the audio podcast so that you can you can find her there too. Thank you, everyone, for thank you, listening as well. Thanks. Bye. Well, thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed listening to Anj. It was a very uh, fun and interesting interview to do. The links that I mentioned during the interview with with her are included in the show notes, both for the online version on YouTube, my YouTube podcast, which are the video where you can see see Anj, or just uh, on Apple or Android podcast. The links are also there. Can you do me a favor, though, please? Would you please remember to hit the subscribe button wherever you downloaded this from? That way you'll never miss an episode. You'll always be notified when I post one. And even more importantly, can you leave me a review? That really helps. And both things will help other seekers such as yourself find this podcast more easily. And that, of course, is what I'm looking for. More awesome people like you. So thank you until next time. Bye-bye.